Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 206, and I am your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D, Doscientos y Seis. And where's Corey? Oh, yeah, um, Corey is, uh, Corey's traveling. Damn, we travel a lot. I feel like we make, I feel like we travel a lot. So, anyways, before we go too deep into that, um, please, if you're in the Slack, be listening to Corey. I know he's trying to figure out how to start a fund. So, Ellicott City, where he used to live, uh, flooded again. A very, very bad flood. Um, People were affected. Lives were ruined. That's what floods do. Um, He's starting to start a fund. Uh, I think he's going to have more details about it. Just kind of hit him up in Slack. Wish him the best. His um, area didn't flood. So he was fortunate, but some of his friends weren't, um, and people missed out. So um, just keep your ear to the street. Uh, wish Corey the best next time you hear from him or, or see him in the Slack, and we can keep it moving. So yeah, that's it. It was like it was like, are we are we being affected? No. All right, let's take a vacation. <laughs> that's not what it went like he actually yeah. he actually <laughs> that's pretty funny let's just leave it like that let's leave it there <laughs> my house ain't flooded i'm about this bitch um that's not the reality but hey so um crypto's kind of boring lately we've been in this lull before though we've experienced uh a time when there's not much news going on but like headline news and no real advancements that are taken center stage in a loud way. Um, then again, I haven't tapped into things in a, in a, in a day or two. I'm actually traveling as well. So, but let's, um, what do you want to talk about? You got anything you want to bring up? Any talking points? Any, any what's on the docket? What you got? Well, our guest for this episode is the crypto dog. And, uh crypto twitter is pretty crazy right now so like if you respond to his tweets like you get you get banned by association and i'm not saying he's a scam artist or anything like that he's totally legit that's why he's on the show but popular crypto figures on twitter are just getting dealt at hand right now wait because of all now so if you reply to him you get banned yeah, so I was following him today, and he was saying that uh, uh, he was getting DMs from people saying that they have been locking, shadow banning, and removing uh, tweets that are responding to his tweets. And I guess 
Twitter doesn't know how to differentiate between scam accounts and real accounts. So it's tricky right now. At the very same time, his icon, his his gay, his like uh, his profile picture is a dog with sunglasses on. So yeah. maybe Twitter's confused. Uh, I just, I don't know. That's why I was really curious and wanted him on the show. Was like, how did you get so popular? Uh, by not revealing your face. Yeah, and... I love that story that you tell about when we were in Miami, and uh, we're in a terminal. And me and Cello are chilling. We're like, wow, that was Miami was bonkers. And then he, we overhear him. We said something about like, yeah, Omar was walking around. I saw him wearing our hat. That was cool. Uh, Omar really hustles. And then this guy was like, you talk about Omar for Crypto's News? And we were like, yeah. Who are you? He's like, I'm the Crypto Dog. I'm like, all right. How yeah, I didn't, crypto dog? didn't know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it ended up being a great conversation. As you'll hear from the interview, uh, it's a very, uh, very smart kid. I shouldn't call him a kid. Very smart man. Uh, yeah. Well, people and, are saying that they are, they're getting locked out for commenting on his tweets, so just be careful. Because, yeah. I don't know, Wild Wild West. And I think Jack from Twitter doesn't know how to regulate. Jack doesn't know this. what he's doing. Yeah. I'm kidding. He's a freaking CEO of a company. He's a... But I'll tell him that to his face. Maybe it'll give me a job. Like, hey, I mean, Jack, you Jack Dorsey, you the guy, you the guy with the face. Yeah, you suck. You suck at what you do. Oh, you're asking me to leave. Okay. That's how that conversation would go. I mean, we're the ones that made Twitter popular. He didn't, he didn't know. Yep. Me and you, the bad dudes of Twitter, double dragging yeah. it. And this is also a good uh, episode because uh, I recommend those interested in making trading their full time or your main source of income, like the dog, to familiarize yourselves with derivatives. Because if Bitcoin volatility continues this downtrend and we get more exchanges with options, you're going to have to adjust your trading style. And that the dog pound is so good at doing. You know what I want to do? I want to see if I can make a, uh, like you remember the, I am the dog. The big no. bad dog. You never watched Dog the Bounty Hunter? No, never watched it. All right, well, I'm going to try to freestyle the theme song to Crypto Dog version. Let's see here. Um, you see those cryptos all around you. The price goes up, you sell it high. Wait, that's Walker, Don't Texas fall Ranger. into the... Huh? That's Walker, Texas Ranger. No, that's... I am the... Dog, the big bad dog. I can't believe you didn't watch that show, Dog the Bounty Hunter. He had the best mullet since 1983. Remember, his wife has some big old bitties. And Damn. by bitties, we're talking about she uh, would buy giant cases of pretzels from Costco. A bitty yeah. is a giant case of pretzel. Um. But for real, let's talk about some crypto stuff because we've been joshing. So All the right, price well, is falling down. Yep. Down, 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 down. Like a flow rider song in the summer of 2012. Um, price is going down. It's in the 7,200. Ether is getting ravaged. What is it, 500 something? Yep. It's because of uh, EOS. EOS. 
So everybody's kind of predicting that EOS, once they did this transition to their own blockchain, I believe, they were going to take all that ether that they raised and sell the shit out of it. Um, so they could yeah, have... They... But what are they selling it for? Bitcoin then selling it for money to pay people? I don't really get that. And I guess I should have dug into it before we spoke about it. But apparently the, the rumor hit in the streets is that they're selling their ether... Maybe they're selling it for EOS. Maybe that's well. Binance recorded 180,000 was traded in an hour today, compared to 40,000, which it is usually. So EOS, um, it's EOS because EOS. I think they, EOS. I think they bought 1.1 million dollars worth of ETH in the last 30 days. Mm. That's a lot of money, man. They're launching their mainnet in like two days. Think EOS is gonna have a hell of a year? Uh, I don't like him personally, but I mean that I don't Larimer guy. People seem to like him. Latimer. Mommy, tell. Ophelia busted in and said, oh, yeah, brother. You think you're recording a podcast here today, brother? No way. Three-year-old busting in the office. Can let you know something. No podcast getting recorded around here. Oh, no. Never. All right. Is that over? Yeah. All right. Okay. Um... Here's the thing. EOS is just one of those blockchains I haven't kept up with. There's a lot of blockchains to try and keep up with. I do know that I did read into their white paper about a month and a half back, and I thought it was very, um, let's see, what I'm, what's the word we're looking for here? Um, ambitious that they could have, what is it, 22 even um, master nodes that are basically the validators of the chain. Um, that's great, but... And um, I just don't see it working. I but, mean, it's, it's brilliant, I mean, it's, though. You, you use yeah. a competitor to raise funds, then you sell your Ethereum, and then you use those funds to benefit EOS. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it sounds... Go ahead. It It sounds like it's one of the best DAP platforms, but it also sounds like a scam at the same time. And I'm pretty sure I read this today, today being the 29th of May, there was like significant um, uh, vulnerabilities mm-hmm. in the code. But that could just be FUD. You never know nowadays. Everything is fake news. Past Corey's smell test, though. He says he likes that damn Larimer guy. It's very true. Corey's like a truffle pig, but for blockchain technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a truffle pig at work? Mm-hmm. They stick their snout in there, and then they, they they grab the truffle. He is Captain Legitimate. Yep. If he was a Corey's superhero. A blockchain truffle pig. Truffle dog, right? And tr- don't they use dogs for that, too? I'm not sure. Dr. Truffle. Well, what kind of bugs were you talking about? Security flaws or um, price levels or what? 
Hold up, keep the people keep the people going. I'm gonna look up the EOS vulnerabilities and see what we can read about it. So we're talking about this because EOS has skyrocketed in the crypto market rankings ahead of its uh, mainnet launch, which is in a couple days. But what Dee's talking about is like new research suggests that the code itself suffers from crazy vulnerabilities that could expose it to malicious attacks. And uh, once inside, uh, these attacks could manipulate network transactions or they could use existing infrastructure to mine another cryptocurrency network. That's a big deal. Yeah. So here, here's some stuff. Uh, China's largest internet security company, Kihu 360, has found several high-risk security vulnerabilities in their blockchain platform. These vulnerabilities would enable remote attacks on all EOS nodes. Ouch, that doesn't sound good. Kihu writes that they reported the vulnerability to the EOS team and that the EOS mainnet will not launch until the security problems are resolved. Um, so, you know, they should look looking to fix it. Here's a quote. 360 expressed hope that the discovery and disclosure of this loophole will cause the blockchain industry and security peers to pay more attention to the security of such issues and jointly enhance the security of the blockchain network. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a people out there doing the Lord's work. You know what I'm saying? They're out there, like, breaking shit and not benefiting, but breaking shit and then telling everyone. Well, don't you call those guys, like, white hat hackers? Yeah, has anyone ever, like, hacked something and then, like, anonymously and then turned around and participated in the bug bounty program to get money to fix the vulnerability that they created and double scam someone out of their money? That'd be pretty cool. That'd that be like be a, the next a level on triple scam. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if anyone's ever pulled out the dastardly triple scam. Mm. I will. Admit, yeah, I might. Go ahead. I myself will not be investing in EOS. When I was a lesser human, there was one time, and I mean one time where I ate half a box of cereal and then I took it back to the grocery store and said I didn't like it so I could get a different box of cereal. Yeah, I I ate a, ate a half a box of chicken nuggets and said there was a hair in it to get a whole new box of chicken nuggets. Did you say there was a hair in it or was there actually a hair in it? There was not a hair in it. I just oh said it. Oh my goodness, that's a single scam. We're both single scammers. We're not double or triples. So... Well, if I got the new chicken nugget box and I went to the elementary school, I sold each nugget for a dollar. Double scam. Jeez, that is double scamming. Okay, we got a little bit off topic, but I want to I want to talk about um the Lightning Network. How do you feel about? I feel like it was something that we talked about for years, and now that it's here, no one's really talking about it. And I feel like it's still growing astronomically. Or is it this that communication in the Bitcoin world, the blockchain world, has now become not as transparent as it used to be because everything is so large? Uh, I, I feel like we're going to get into a debate because you feel like it's revolutionary and I think it's, it's uh, going to fall apart under its own overhead once it reaches some... Uh, some relatively low amount of users. And the more I dig in the Lightning Network, the worse it gets. Sorry. How so? 
Well, if a if a new routing protocol is developed, which will also revolutionize network routing, then it may be possible to do what they want. But until a paper on that is released, Lightning Network as a scaling solution is simply vaporware. Mm, that's false. People are using it, and it's live. Vaporware means that it's nothing. Yeah, but it's just just don't just don't see how it's going to scale. But it is scaling. That's the thing. I don't think it's scaling. How's it not scaling? It's got 175,000 capacity in USD. It's got over, what, 7,000 nodes now? Or sorry, over 3,000 nodes now? How's that not scaling? Uh, I I was saying it, it might not scale as a decentralized mesh network. I mean, it, it's growing. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be this all-in-one solution that many claim Lightning to be. I don't know much about it, but from the little research I do, and every time I browse Reddit, there's so much FUD and incorrect information on it. That's just, it's, it's not a good, uh, it, it's not a... You know, we it's need not, to stop it's not a good start. and get a Lightning Network like developer on the show that's biased though to clear that's not biased they're working on it that's like that's like if you that's like hey man i have a question about skyscrapers let me go get a freaking architect let me go get a civil engineer to help me or an architectural engineer let me go get someone who works on this stuff that can help me answer the questions about the stuff i think that tribalism is dangerous in that like just because someone's working on something doesn't mean that like they're gonna ride or die for that thing like they're actually working on it so they'd be the best person to ask about it no i don't i i have that video i just posted i think i think you should play that like on the show and then we could talk about it And then you can address like that's but that's an incorrect no wrong wrong wrong. So I feel like right now. What is it like four minutes long? Yeah. It's up to you, man. You but, can play it right now. Yeah, and then we can kind All of right, address let's it. it. Let's see if it even works. So it's the production level. It's good. There is a problem with the Lightning Network. It doesn't scale, or at least the way we need it to. If you've seen my last two videos, hopefully you understand that routing with the Lightning Network isn't as straightforward as one would expect. It can be summarized into two main issues. One, the Lightning Network is in a constant state of extreme change. Channels are constantly opening and closing, nodes going online and offline, channel states being updated with funds sliding from one side to another. Routing paths may be open and available one second, and unavailable or completely gone the next. And two, your node has to be the one that goes through all of this data, find all of the available paths, take into account the number of hops, relay prices, then compare every path and eliminate the possibilities down until the optimal path is found for your payment. This entire pathfinding task is handled by the sending node, which is in most cases either a laptop, smartphone, or Raspberry Pi. And unlike a blockchain, there isn't a network history stored. The network must be mapped from scratch every single transaction. So we eventually hit a ceiling. There's too much data, too many nodes, channels, 
and change for your hardware to be able to process. Where the ceiling is, we can't be exactly sure. But to quote Rusty Russell, one of the Lightning developers at Blockstream, there are protocol scaling issues and implementation scaling issues. All channel updates are broadcast to everyone. Can you hear this? Uh, yeah. You can hear this? You're not just sitting in silence? Uh, well, I'm playing it on my end, too. Oh, okay. How badly that will suck depends on how fast updates happen. But it's... FUD or making good points. Oh, I'm, I'm still listening. It's likely to get painful somewhere between 10,000 and 1 million channels. Link in the description. The unknown gap between 10,000 and 1 million channels is pretty wide. It's recommended that each node have around 14 open channels to stay decentralized. And each user must run their own node set. So assuming the average channel count of a user is around 10 or so, the Lightning Network's maximum user base is anywhere between 1,000 and 100,000 users. Coinbase, a single Bitcoin exchange, can have 100,000 new user registrations in a single day. The optimistic maximum user capacity for the Lightning Network is around one day worth of new users. What about the users from the past 10 years and all the new users signing up each day? Routing sort of works now because... Okay. There's no, like, users signing up for the light, Lightning Network. So I don't know what this part is talking about exactly. You just use it or you don't. Yeah, I mean, you use it or you don't use it. There's no users... And I don't know the part that he's talking about, about, like, there's just too much data. That's the whole reason the Lightning Network exists. It's a sidechain. And not every node has... Are you there? Do you read me? Not every node has to have, like, the entire mapping of all of the Lightning Network. Is we're at the lower end of the possible capacity, right. and users are opening very few channels each. But in the very near future, as the network grows, it will come to a screeching halt. Routing is still completely unsolved. Even the Lightning Network white paper, which is 57 pages long, doesn't even touch on how this will be done. Routing is summarized in a single paragraph that simply states that routing is theoretically possible, without any explanation on how this may be done. Blockchain research company Bitfury wrote a separate white paper on an improved routing method, Flare, which is 38 pages alone. Flare scales to around 100,000 users as well. Routing is just one of the many unsolved problems that Lightning has. It's a very long way off from being able to handle any meaningful number of users, if it's even possible to do in a decentralized way. After years of being constantly told that the Lightning Network is just around the corner and just to wait a few more months, users are starting to realize that Lightning as an off-chain scaling solution is not quite what it's purported to be. The status of the Lightning Network being unable to scale off-chain to meet any user demand raises an interesting question. Why has the Bitcoin Core team completely stopped on-chain scaling? If off-chain scaling... Okay, one, the Bitcoin... Core team has not completely stopped off chain scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about to say that. They, you can hear that. What? You hearing what I hear? Anyway, sorry, we're 
I'm tripping. No, I, I pushed the video right when you started it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Bitcoin Core team hasn't stopped on sca- <laughs> on-chain scaling at all. So, um, that's false. Uh, this is a neat-looking video. I mean, we can put it in the show notes if we want. <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is, um, saying something doesn't scale in this industry is basically like, I don't know, saying the sky is blue. Now, in a sense of what it's what it can do, I don't know. We're still looking at that, but I feel as if the Lightning Network, as it stands right now, is still very, very, very efficient. So, yeah, I feel like he was like one of those Bitcoin Cash dudes. He was using one of these weird... When you use a voice like this when you're talking about something, it leads me to believe you're fucking weird. But that's just my... <laughs> <laughs> That's just my opinion. I don't know. Look, man, um, the Lightning Network's capacity is 170,000, and it has like thousands of nodes already. Um, the, the the entire reason for the Lightning Network was for payments. And so I don't understand. Like, yes, there's lots of cool text that could pivot off of it, but just from a payments perspective, everyone out there who loves your coffee and you love your credit card throughput credit card company throughput in uh, transactions per second the average credit card transaction is 44 dollars that's globally 44 usd if the capacity is 170,000 and you got 3,000 nodes you can have the zero confirmation lightning transactions and do payments over that network i think the thing that's frustrating people is that as we add layers and complexity to this entire system it is frustrating it is frustrating that i had to Flusterating. It's flusterating that um I had to send some Bitcoin to my Lightning wallet. And now I have like a a new analogy mentally that I have to think, okay, my lightning network is like my checking, my all my other regular shit is like my savings. The shit on my um hardware wallet is like my savings, and the shit in my lightning channel is like my checking. Mm-hmm. It's just a new path of thought, you know. I'm excited. I mean, we're advising an app that's going to take Lightning Network tips, and um, I think it's good for the community. I think it's good. I just need to, I need to learn more about it. Well, we're going to cut to the interview here with the Crypto Dog. We hope you enjoy the story. We most certainly did, um, but. For now, what I'd like to do is um, invite you guys to the beta test of that app that Cello just mentioned. So we are going to extend the beta. We were going to do it next week, but there's a lot of functionality that just in the initial responses that that needs to be updated to this application. Like, for instance, the guys at the Air team are going to work on a Android implementation for you Androiders out there. Um, and there's also some features that they want to have ready to roll for the beta. So the beta is going to be pushed out probably till July. I got this news shortly before we recorded. Um, but the sign-up sheet is still there. So if you're listening to this, um, join the Slack. Follow If you follow us on Twitter, you're going to see us all week uh, posting a link to sign up for this beta. And we just need like 50 people, really, honestly. We get like 50 people um, to sign up. For this beta that'll be great 
Um, right now we're sitting around eight or ten, so we don't need need that many. But the the more the merrier, right? So, mm-hmm. um, are you gonna you want to put that link in the show notes at all, Chella, or should we just put? Nobody goes to these show notes. I looked at. <laughs> Because uh, the show, I mean, it's good to have, and you know, the boys will probably be on our show uh, sometime this summer. So, this is true. You can talk to the air team yourselves. Um, we're gonna have them on. They want to talk about this podcasting app because it's got what other podcasting apps don't, and that's Lightning Network. Work, work, work. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado. Met this dude randomly in an airport. And it turns out that he is in charge of a private trading community called the Dog Pound. And the the Dog Pound is an active tool chest for traders. Whether you're a beginner or a veteran, maybe you were listening to a little bit of buy or sell, what the hell, on our network. And now you want to join a platform to prove your merit, help others, and get paid for it. Well... There you go. So the Dog Pound is a uh, private community where anyone can join and contribute through a monthly fee or analysis and information. They've been accumulating amazing trading traders for a while, and uh, we got the main dog on. So that's right. Without, f- without further ado, he is the dog, the crypto dog. I can't believe you never saw that show, but. I'm more of a the first 48 kind of guy. Oh, yeah, me too. I like first 48. But uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter used Bear Mace. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll watch it. Um, Sold. That's it. That's all you needed. Um, here it is. Hey, we're here with the uh, the Crypto Dog. Who? Funny, funny story. We... We we met kind of randomly in a airport lobby after the North American Bitcoin conference in Miami, and another funny story is like we were sitting on the plane, and uh, we saw me and D saw this guy in front of us on our Twitter feed, and I was like, "Hey man, that's us." And he goes, "Well, the crypto dog tweeted about you guys," and then the dog turned around, and he was like, "That's me," and the guy's mind exploded and melted out of his ear, but kind of kind of led to this this episode months in the making. So uh, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with the crypto dog, he's a part of a private trading community, uh, an active tool chest for traders, if you will. And he's kind of built this platform where you can learn and help others while making fat stacks. So, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's rewind all the way to the beginning. Um, uh, crypto dog, how'd you kind of get into this and fall down the rabbit hole? All right. So this actually takes us way back to uh, when I was a little kid in high school um, back in 2011. I was just really nerdy. I was into computer science. I was into gadgets. Uh, I remember being super crazy about all the, the new Android phones and all that stuff. Um, and so every day I would check Engadget, Gizmodo, uh, I think TechCrunch, basically any site uh, that had information on gadgets and hardware. Oh, I love Tom's Hardware. That place was the bomb. And I think that's maybe where I first saw uh, Bitcoin. I started seeing it show up on other different news feeds. And um, I was broke. I was just a poor kid. But I had been saving up all my money um, since I had been alive to build this awesome gaming computer. So I was doing more research on the graphics cards and started hearing about this thing called Bitcoin mining. And I was like, oh, okay, so I can make money with my computer that I'm already going to have. Cool. 
So I just started mining it. And at the time, Bitcoin was, um, I want to say, somewhere between $1 and $10. This was way back, um, like, spring of 2011. And uh, it was just something I kind of had going on in the background. I wasn't, like, super Bitcoin maximalist. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was revolutionary, but I sure never saw it going to, like, $100 or $1,000 or whatever it is, you know, where, where we're going. Um, but there was a few shakeouts, uh, some crazy dumps. I lost a lot of coin on uh, MT Gox back in the day. It's not like I had like an insane amount, but um, it would have been very nice if I had just held, that's for sure. Uh, so I, I took some time off from crypto. Uh, not sure if it was intentional or not. I got a girlfriend. I started college. Uh, I got a lot more serious about my studies, and so I just didn't have as much time to keep up with it all. And when I left off, um, ASICs were really starting to become a thing. And so I was less interested now that I couldn't you know, get into it with graphics card mining. I was just thinking, man, I have to invest a whole bunch. And I just, I, I, now that I didn't see a future in Bitcoin, I just didn't see my future in Bitcoin. Um, so the story picks back up back in uh, around 2014. I started just getting a little bit more into... Uh, tech stuff since my my major is um, was biochemistry and so I just kind of focused on medicine and that kind of thing but uh, I got a new phone around that time and uh, picked up a little bit of Bitcoin I believe it was around three hundred and thirty three fifty dollars or something um, just for fun and just kind of held on to that bought a little bit more along the way and then uh, 2016 I started following the price a little bit more closely and I wasn't good at trading or anything. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but you know, I was, I was trying, trying what I could. Um, and then I hear about Ethereum and that's when my interest was really peaked when I started to discover this whole world of altcoins and basically crypto isn't just Bitcoin. It's all these other things. It's blockchain technology. There's all these other different applications. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is really cool. Yes, I have all this other stuff going on in my life, but I'm going to put some serious thought and uh, attention to this. Um, so I went really big in Ethereum and rode that through um, spring 2017, that massive alt season. Poloniex was just going wild. Um, and that was kind of the event that really cemented how I was like, yes, yes, crypto is something that's going to be my life. It's going to be a big part of my life. And originally, I was just thinking, you know, I'm going to try to save up enough to pay for my college, um, just kind of have some crypto on the side. But it ended up becoming so much more than that. Um, like I said before, I really didn't know what I was doing trading. I was just kind of like bumbling around. But I got involved a little bit with crypto Twitter got some good resources going, started reading a bunch of old books on technical analysis and uh, reading, you know, about Wyckoff theory and all these different things and kind of building my knowledge base. But I still wasn't anything close to professional or even like a, you know, an amazing trader or anything. But I created this crypto dog Twitter account um, just to kind of put ideas out there to connect with other people. I didn't really have a, a specific goal in mind. I just kind of wanted to get involved in the community. Um, and so about three or four weeks, maybe, maybe five weeks into that, I opened up a Slack, uh, Slack channel and created the dog pound. And so at first that was just this 
kind of open chat room where I invited people to come in, contribute their thoughts, and you know, just talk crypto with me. Um, first week, it wasn't too busy. I think we got maybe 20, 30 people in there. It was quiet, like dead quiet for you know hours at a time. But I remember that second week, uh, there was a day I woke up and I checked the chat, and I was so astounded because the entire night people had been talking to each other. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I, I really started something here. Um, so the months went on and the, the dog pound grew bigger and bigger and we got a really solid group of individuals that were just dailies. Uh, we were just always in there together, always planning different moves, talking about different altcoins and uh, really all aspects of crypto. We expanded all these different channels and everything. Um, and it was just going great. It was just a lot of fun. We just, you know, it was like a family. It was just like a, a big group of friends trading crypto together. But towards uh, late November, December, when the masses really started going crazy for Bitcoin, when, you know, we were on that massive run to 20K, um, the, the Twitter was blowing up and the, the dog pound was blowing up. And we just had way too many people in there. The, uh, the Slack channel was getting really slow, really laggy. Um, and so we decided, uh, me and my other top dogs, just some of the guys that have been around for a long time and that, uh, I really respected their, uh, their integrity and their skill and everything in crypto. Um, we decided to migrate to discord and kind of close off a little bit, make it more of a private community. Um, and so I never really liked the idea of how most pay groups are set up. It's where you just have this one guy, this one head honcho that's given his calls and. You know, maybe he's, he's pretty good, but he's not going to be right all the time. And there's no way one person can keep eyes on all of the crypto markets. There's just too much going on. There's too much new information. Um, so I wanted to, I, I did want to have a payment aspect, you know, kind of like a barrier to entry. So it's not, you know, just full of people uh, like, like it was uh, beforehand. But I wanted it, the design to kind of foster growth, foster contributions from the community and, you know, make people feel like this isn't just about me because the dog pound is not about me. Um, and so the way I have it set up now is that I take 10% uh, of the, the subscription fees myself for everything I do, but the vast majority of it all is funneled into different pools and then we run these different polls every month where all the community members can vote for their favorite contributors for different categories. So then we send all those membership fees to basically anyone who joins comes in and contributes. Um, in fact, last month, it was really exciting. Uh, one of the new guys that came in, Blues Crypto, um, earned way more than I did um, through just contributing really awesome trade setups and really good information. So that to me told me, wow, okay, this, this really does work. And so I, I was really excited to see that. That's pretty neat, man. It's neat that you come from such humble, such humble beginnings. It's like, ah, oh, I'm getting this crypto thing. Holy shit, that's a big deal. And then, ah, oh, let me start this little Slack channel. And then that turns into a big deal as well. How many? How fa I want to know how fast did you go from like one crypto dog follower to like tens of thousands that you have now? How fast was it? So uh, the first few months, it wasn't like super fast. Um, I think I hit a thousand in maybe a month or two. Um, but I was hustling really hard. Like I was, I was busy, really busy at school. But I would always find time to find whatever altcoin was hot, whatever was popping. And I'd throw a chart up there. And uh, starting out, my charts weren't that great. You know, I was still learning, still kind of figuring it out. But just 
constantly putting content out there, uh, I think helped a lot and just connecting with other people in the community. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I wanted to, I wanted to ask about that is just like, it, it might be a little bit too humble because there's a lot of traders who have like, Hey, I've been working at Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo for 20 years. And now I, you know, join my trading channel, but you like, this was something new for you. You admittedly say you weren't that good at it, but you have grown this network exponentially beyond your wildest imagination. And you started in summer of 2007. So we're going to say that you built all this in less than a year. 2017. It, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, you, we can't attribute it all to luck. You either know what you're doing or do people just appreciate that you're not like this. Uh, I was on wall street for 20 years and now I'm doing this. It's, it's like, Oh, Hey, this guy is almost as new as me. I want to join the community of people that are like-minded. Are you able to like nail down what the appeal is? Honestly, I, I gotta say, it's it's really not about me. I, I I don't think I'm bad. I think I help people out and everything. I think I'm pretty decent at trading. But what it really comes down to is the amazing people that joined and stayed along and uh, made the dog pound what it is. Like it's it's the it's the crypto Twitter community. It's my my close friends that I've built in crypto and just all the people I've met. Um, you know, I like to think I'm okay, but really, I I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for all the awesome guys that have joined me along the way, for sure. So a lot of these suits, they, they might be neglecting the community aspect that you have um, been embraced and built. I wouldn't say they're neglecting it, but I think they came into crypto with a very uh, specific goal in mind. You know, they, they came, okay, we're going to we're gonna build up this following really quickly, and we're going to launch this product, and that's what we're going to do. This is our three-month plan or whatever. Um, and I, I didn't have that. I just came in trying to make friends, trying to get good at trading crypto. Yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of – that's where I come in differently, I guess. I'm, you're right. I am more um, – I don't want to say I'm, I'm humble. That's the weirdest thing someone could say, but <laughs> I definitely don't think I'm all that or anything. Kendrick Lamar made a song about it. It did okay. Oh, yeah? The word humble. Which song? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> um, it's very, I mean, I think that's part of the appeal of, of what actually vibes with this community, and it's just authenticity. Um, and it's something that we stress and something that we strive for all the time with our everything that we do. And it's because like authenticity is more valuable in this industry than like any industry because it's so new and it's so fresh and everybody has scars from Alcox and everybody has scars from oh, yeah. Bitfinex and everybody has scars from I have a scar from this thing called uh Honeybee, which was supposed to be oh, the yeah. first Bitcoin bank located in Greece, and I was like Oh yeah, Greece sucks for banks. This is gonna be great, and they were like, "Invest in it." And I put some Bitcoin in it, and I never saw that Bitcoin again. So like, so many had, so many people have scars from whatever it may be. Cellos is gonna be Tron, and then so. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an industry ripe with uh, with scams. I would say there's probably more scams than legit projects out there for sure. So your community being as active as it is. Have you guys fallen into any of those on accident? Just like, hey, this we told you guys about this token. Uh, we were trading it, and then this guy took off to Barbados. He's gone now. Like, have you fallen into any of that? So, luckily, there hasn't been anything quite catastrophic like that. Um, there's definitely been some tokens that we'll trade, not as like a long-term investment or anything, 
but you know, we'll the, the the technical analysis aspect will look really great. But you know, you do some research into the fundamentals, and you're like, ah, uh, this project's a little dodgy. Um, so you know, I try to focus mostly on the Go projects and uh, trade setups there. But sometimes you'll see a chart, and you'll see something just so juicy, like you know, it's uh, it's a shit coin, but at the same time, it's just such a great setup. It's that the risk to reward ratio is just like, how could I not take this trade after seeing this chart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, D, you and I were talking about, I think it was Capcoin back back a couple months ago, and it was like point zero 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 eight in value. But mm-hmm. remember when we went out to dinner and some woman, like all the way to another table, was talking about it, and it's no. like, yeah, like total stranger, and it was just like. Man, alt season is here. It is crazy. It is upon us. Wow. <laughs> uh, but you're bullish on so like you, you were talking about like today, um uh you know, Bitcoin's re entered long and you're talking about ADA and uh how, is this information on Twitter kind of like preview of your freemium models, but if people are, are paying then they kinda get like more technical analysis, you're kinda giving them like a surface um. level. So honestly, I have to say the allure of the dog pound isn't so much me. Like, yes, I do contribute some thoughts and, you know, uh, my trading ideas and things like that. But um, there's guys in there better than me with amazing setups. In fact, some of the stuff I get from or I post on Twitter, well, that's uh, after, you know, I consult my guys in the dog pound um, or, you know, see, see some inspiration from some other guy. Not, not that I don't come up with my own trading ideas or anything like that, sure. but um, I guess – I think it would it would just not paint the right picture uh, to say yeah it's 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 my trade setups it's like you know I'll I'll show you where to enter where to exit we we do have things like that for sure um, but that's really kind of simplifying it um, one thing that somebody said that I thought was really cool uh, I don't remember exactly how it goes but they said it's where you can pop in and be on a you know first person not first person but like um, where you can just ask, you know, a great trader, hey, what's up? Here's my thoughts on this. What do you think? And, you know, and you'll get a real response and get someone that actually pays attention to you. Because we have, like, still a small enough community where, where we can foster that kind of real um, communication and camaraderie between people. So that's ultimately the goal. Anyone that joins the Dog Pound, hopefully you get to be pretty good because uh, we're all trying to work together. We're all trying to learn these skills because it's, it's, it's not about selling signals. It's not about um, just spoon feeding you. It's about hang out with us because, well, we kind of know what we're doing and, you know, maybe we can learn something from you too. Absolutely. How many, how large is the community now? Uh, right now uh, we are cruising between 150 to 200 members. Not bad. So this is a good size trading Good size trading. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. I, I don't want it to be too big. Um, I think the max Really, I'd like to see it um, would probably be like 400 people, maybe 500 at most. But like, I'm not like, I'm not pushing for it to um, get bigger faster. I'm not really advertising that much. Um, it's not like I need this to, to get big. It, it's just it's it's where I hang out. Um, it's my people, and I get a, a small amount on the side from subscription fees. How how hard, how hard is it to concentrate on higher education? When you are like at the cusp of of you know reaping the benefits of this new economy, this dual revolution, like something doesn't say, come around that often. Yeah, yeah, no, it's incredibly difficult. I actually had to take a hiatus from my doctor program this semester 
Um, so I've not been in school the past few months and in the fall it was terrible. <laughs> it was the worst. I wasn't getting any sleep. Um, I would just wake up, either do crypto or start studying and, uh, yeah, I'd be waking up 8am going to bed like 1am and it'd just be all studying all crypto. Um, so I'm really, really thankful to uh, have a break now. And in fact, um, it's not completely official yet, but I'm very likely going to be dropping out of my program um, and doing this crypto thing full time. I've got a really exciting job offer. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a really exciting job offer in the community um, that I'll be able to just live the crypto life and, uh, It'll it'll be nice having job security, something besides just trading, so I can like actually quit and be like, yeah, you know, uh, mom and dad, I'm I'm not just screwing around over here. I have, I have a real job. Don't worry. Yeah, it's so, not like you were doing anything. It's like, oh, I quit my doctorate program. It's not like you were like, uh, I quit my job at as a clerk at the only blockbuster in Texas, like, <laughs> or uh, uh, so. Well, I forgot my next question. Well, I just want to say, like, I, I would like to think that the people who are, like, we, we built this community three years ago. We're not traders. We wanted to build a podcast platform, and we got pretty successful at it, and you did you did your route. I would like to think five years from now, when the crypto economy is more stable and blown yeah. up, it's people like us that will have full-time jobs at, you know, a startup or established business, like, exactly. creating this world moving forward. I kind of feel like we're getting in at the ground level. Yeah, no, for sure. In fact, I was talking to somebody uh, not too long ago, one of my dad's friends, that um, came up during the dot-com bubble, and that was one of the big things he was talking about was because he was there at the very beginning kind of learning how it was all built upon each other and going through the history of it, it made him that much more competitive um, because new people coming in, you know, um, learning something new versus experiencing it as it happens just gives you a completely different um uh, experience a completely different um, set of uh, I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but just being able to having having lived through something, you know it that much better. You understand it that much better, and you're able to see where it's going that much better. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it is really great to get into crypto early for sure. It's it's just the boils down to experience, and when you have a lot of it, your perspective is just that much more sharp. Right. Right. You know, you, your decision making is just that much, that much quicker and that much more efficient, just because you know. Yeah. So you're, what, you're there. Um, so what happens outside of building the dog pound? Oh wait, are you excited? Like, if you ever get to meet Snoop Dogg, what that confrontational conversation is going to be like? He's going to be like, "Yo, man, I had the dog pound like back in the '90s," and you're going to be oh, like, man. "Yeah, but the thing about that is, you're like 60." So, how do you? <laughs> no, I, you gonna... I love him. He's a cool dude. Uh, definitely. <laughs> That's the best answer to give. I love Snoop yeah. Dogg. No, he's he's a great entrepreneur. Um, I I like his music. It's, it's pretty good, and the dude works hard. He's, he's you know built a really great empire. And I uh, I applaud him for that. You should have yeah. went to the. You should go to the Ripple concert in a crypto dog <laughs> mask. And just oh my god! Take a bunch of selfies from afar with him in the background. <laughs> like, like I'm coming for you, Snoop. 
That's so, the thing. Like, like we're not going to reveal your identity, but how important are the mo- the the avatars and the monikers that kind of go with the whole thing? Like, let's say you got a selfie with Snoop Dogg. That'd be good promotion for your for the trading platform. Yeah. Would you be, hes- would you be hesitant? People. Yeah, I know you don't want people to know your first name. You don't want people to know what you look like. When money's on the line, you don't want to be like Ian Bellina or get hacked. And yeah, and I know you're not trying to be too visible. So. As you grow in popularity, I'm sure. Like, how are you going to be able to navigate that? Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess probably when I start my new job, I'll be not focusing as much on this whole public personality thing. Um, quite as much. I'll still be the crypto dog. I'll still be dropping, uh, you know, fun tweets and stuff. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. That's a good point. I, I have thought that at some point I might uh, go D and on and just you know put my face up there. Maybe. Um, I guess I just don't really see any compelling reason to do so at this point. Um, but I'm I'm not against the idea. I just I'm comfortable where I'm at right now. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Chella, we have to worry out because we're like super big deals. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm done going to conferences for a while. That was so grueling. But the yeah. cool thing is, it's like we were at the airport and like this is such a small community. I, I said Trevon James. And then you were like, hey, I know that name. Hey. Let's start a conversation. And it's just like, yeah. it's really cool that it, right now it's kind of like this really cool club. But man, I, we went, D, D, Corey and I, we went to Miami and then we went to Dallas and then Mexico in this small span of time. And uh, I applaud people that are speaking and and yeah. moving and doing things because it it's exhausting. Paul yeah, Pways, no, for sure. Paul Pways of the world. That guy's at a different conference like every week. I don't. Yeah. I can't. Oof. I couldn't do it. Um. So, are there any other projects that aside? Uh, I'm sure you can't talk about where you're about to work at. But are there any projects that you're working on personally in the crypto space outside of just building up the dog pound that hmm. you kind of want to discuss? Um. I guess I, I would love to talk a little bit more. Um, there's a few different things, uh, a few different ICOs that I'm kind of involved in. Um, but I guess nothing that I really want to talk on to too much length um, okay. just yet. Stealth, all stealth, which really goes, yeah. it uh, aligns well. Um, yeah, so I guess we could wrap it up then. Unless okay. there's more to the Let's... story. You... Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to agree with you on that. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that we can share with our audience, so feel free to plug away and sure. You can, um, you can uh, I mean, go for it. I was gonna say, I mean, I don't, I, uh, I don't need to show the the dog pound or anything. That's that's totally all good. Um, it'll grow as it grows, and I'm not really trying to push it too hard. Um, I guess I could talk uh, a little bit about where I kind of plan to go from here, from crypto. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting when you brought up Snoop Dogg. I, I actually really, really do appreciate uh, what he does and, and a lot of stuff he's done in the cannabis industry. And so that's kind of where I plan on going after uh, crypto. Like that was my original plan in school. I'm studying, um, I guess I can't say exactly, it's kind of a niche field, but uh, long story short, after this, I plan on saving up as much money as I can through crypto and then developing new um, cannabis, uh, what do you call it, um, medical devices. Uh, for example, PMDIs, pressurized meter dose inhalers. Uh, I know they already have transdermal patches that came out this year, uh, or maybe it was late last year, but I want to develop a lot of different 
um, new routes of administration and just different applications uh, that they don't have out yet. That's something I'm really interested in. Um, I've done a lot of research personally, like I'm, I'm in a systemic review that I, uh, I and a few colleagues have been working on that uh, looks at cannabis as an adjunct or replacement therapy for opioids uh, for individuals with chronic pain. Um, that's something I'm really passionate about, uh, the opioid epidemic. Um, I haven't been personally affected, but just going through school and everything, reading about it, it's, it's really touching to me. And so I love the idea of being able to do something to combat that. Um, and doing so through cannabis looks to be, to me, the best way I, I can contribute. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, like, every city I've been to where they legalize marijuana just seems like they're so happy. Everyone's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone it's it's kind of silly that it's it's illegal, but I'm, I'm not going to uh, go on that for too much. But... Uh, I I own some uh, some uh, cannabis coin. Yeah? Uh, um, C-A-M? Yeah, uh, MJ coin. I'm, okay, I'm, MJ. Yeah, I'm contributing to that because I, I kind of feel like you know drugs and and the adult industry are kind of the the barriers for entry for a lot of people. So yeah, is is that an ICO? Yeah, they're they're raising money right now. It's an ERC twenty token. Okay, and I'll have to look into probably, that. Yeah, they got a pretty good roadmap, pretty good team, and uh, I see. I'm not shilling them, but it it seems legitimate. Okay, enough, enough for research. me to invest. Yeah. Well, one thing I actually wanted to ask you guys, um, what are your thoughts on ERC-20 versus a lot of these uh, proof-of-work coins that are kind of starting to pick up hype? Um, I don't trust the industry with proof-of-work coins right now. Oh. I don't at all. Okay. I think that they're pre-mined hard. Yeah. And okay. And I think that the greater majority of the public doesn't understand how much of a risk that is. Yeah. Um, um, I just, it's one of those, uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of hunches that I have, uh, because miners are the quietest group. You know, anytime we interview a miner, it's like very info light and oh. getting them on the show is tough. And I just have an old saying is like the person that's talking the least is probably doing the most. And in this industry, doing the most kind of maybe what the hell's going on with that industry. So I think all I these group you. of work tokens that are sparking up are, are going to be pre-mined because... Um, it helps with security kick to have a proof of work, work token startup to have a, a long chain because yeah. it makes the computation that much harder to go back through um, if you are trying to do dirt. So if you start proof of work from the ground up with nothing to bootstrap it, um, without a community to bootstrap it to like Ether had, um, how are you securing that thing? Um, right. I don't know. I would love to do some journalism work, but I also... Want to protect yeah, we haven't talked too much about that on the show. Uh, uh, miners? I, I think what we said was anyone can mine them because anyone can submit a proof-of-work solution to the smart contract. So every, I think Corey was iffy on it. I know you're iffy on it. So I think proof-of-work is hard to just start from scratch. And I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of mouth. But to me, it just seems a little bit shady. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's a fair fair statement. Um, I mean, I think you know every every coin, every community is going to be a little different, so you can't you know judge them all by the same uh, the same kind of blanket thought. Yeah. But um, I, I would agree that a lot of them, like uh, I don't want to put any coins on blast right now. Actually, um, go for it, man. That's names. what this is about. Uh, we should ask you that question. Like, what are your top five and your bottom five? Top five. 
Um, I mean, that changes pretty often. My top one, I'll say that, it's uh, DAXT, which is from BlockX. Um, so they... I don't know if they got labs uh, suffixed on the end of their name. Oh, because I, um, I know guys BlockX labs. I was wondering. You know. No, I don't. I don't think that's the one. Uh, but BlockX, it's a digital asset exchange. So that's what the the DAX comes from, DAXT. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'd be happy to show them. I'm really excited about uh, DAXT. They are based out of London, and they have a pretty awesome. Uh, exchange coming up. I mean, it's already live right now, but they haven't really started pushing it too much. Um, but they are some big players. Um, they are plugged in into the finance industry over in Europe. Uh, they're plugged in with, um, you know, all the regulations. I think they're going to have all of that down. Uh, and a lot of these tokens, they don't know what they're doing. But um, I've, I've talked with a lot of the guys there on the team, and I'm really confident that DAXT is going to be really big in 2018. Can I, can I ask what you think, uh, which alts are going to be added to Coinbase first? <laughs> All right, <laughs> so everybody thinks question. BAT. BAT's going to be the one. And I can see it. Um, I have a little bit of BAT. Um, but ZRX, I think, is another one that everyone's talking about. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, of course, but just going off of What's the buzz? What's the uh, what's the hype? Um, yeah, I, I can see bat. I can see ZRX. Um, I think maybe cash is a possibility. Uh, that's kind of out there, but I, I heard some rumblings going around. Um, what about status? Whoa, that's I haven't heard about status going on Coinbase. Where does that come from? I have a lot of it, and I want it to be on. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Oh uh, no, I don't. I don't know if Status can get on Coinbase because Status so. direct because Toshi competes with Status directly, and Coinbase uh, built Toshi. So it'd be one of those moves. Like I don't know, unless you want to co op petitions the thing, but I don't think Coinbase is interested in no. that. So yeah. Um. Any any shit coins out there? You're just like, please stay away from those guys for your own safety. <laughs> Huh. Okay, I'll tell you one that I have a bag of. <laughs> but uh, you know, watch out. Um, proc, P R O C, pro, pro commerce or pro currency, something. I don't know. I've it's never it's, heard of that. That it's pretty bad. dodgy looking, but um, <laughs> they have some a big like media campaign. They're playing like some TV ads with uh, Kevin Harrington or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've got a small bag, but I'm pretty like iffy about it. It's one of those where you know you just throw in point one and. Either you lose it or it's a 10x. So, <laughs> like, all right. Last question I got for you. Uh, sure. What will the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum be at Christmas? Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I think Bitcoin will be between 30 and 50, and I think Ethereum will be, um, probably somewhere between uh, 2,000 and 4,000. Ooh, that's a Merry Christmas. That's actually I think, my average. I said thirty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I think Ethereum will probably hit like twenty five hundred uh, this hour. Um, so I, I do have a big long on ETH right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, of all of this stuff, Ether stands the best chance of uh, having immediate longevity, just because it has so much utility and. What we got Vitalik dropping the sharding treats and Casper going live. It's like shit. Yep. It looks like it's shit's right around the corner. So um well I oh, guess 
Real right. quick, I do want to ask you guys, what do you think about this whole securities business? F oh. being a security, all that, the closed doors meeting. Uh, do you guys think that happened? If it was a security, um, it's it's too late now to call it a security. Yeah. Uh, if if it was a security, you should have called it a security back in, what, 2014? When yeah. It, when it dropped. Um, but even in that, you then have to do even more layered work because you could only get Ether with Bitcoin. You couldn't spend dollars on it. So the right. SEC has no jurisdiction over Bitcoin. So you still can't call it a security. So even if you try to call, if you try to call it a security now, then you risk two things. You risk basically um, validating this entire space way more hardcore than you intentioned in the first place. So basically, all your Warren Buffets and your Charlie Mungers they go away. They go away because yeah. it's like, oh wait, it's rat poison, huh? Well, we're regulating it and we care about it. So I guess it's not rat poison. So you legitimize the space, um, and it could make things worse and get things out of hand even more. Um, but as the definition of a security goes, it's definitely not that. So. All right. I appreciate the perspective. Yeah. But that's just my uh, non-MBA uh, in finance having opinion. <laughs> just right. a regular dude opinion. So. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Cello? I think you know, as far as I could tell, the you know the the tone of the SEC and security they're 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 still undecided, and since they're undecided, it's unlikely that this plan is going to be rushed. What I do know for the immediate is Bitcoin failed to reach ten thousand, like I thought it was going to do this week, and because it did with this story and FUD, I, I think people are using this as the why on on the price being dropped. But I don't think anything is going to unfold anything quickly. Um, it, it's something that started like yesterday and it's not going to be resolved anytime soon. So, yeah, I think yeah, I agree. the SEC and the CFTC and the IRS are just scrambling for, um, what's the word I'm looking here for? Uh, permanence mm-hmm. in this world that's kind of changing very rapidly. Um, what they don't realize is that we're just going to need a totally different department to regulate this stuff. There will be one. And yeah. there will be regulations, but it's not going to, if it falls under the umbrella of the traditional departments that we have right now, it's going to be useless. It's going to be ineffective. It's the, everybody's going to be trying to copy and paste. Everybody's going to be writing these stupid ass regulations. They just need something new, something new. So Definitely I hope they agree. figure that out. I'm willing to consult Uncle Sam if you yeah. want some help. <laughs> I take money, your money. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so we got one. Since you've been in this since 2011, you can answer this question the way sure. you typically ask it most of the time. And that is, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? I'm not going to say peer-to-peer. <laughs> That's um, if you're Googling the white paper right now. No, I'm not. No, no. Um, I would say... Bitcoin is a trustless network for transactions. Trustless network for transactions. That's good. That's four words. Cello, man, these definitions are getting shorter and shorter nowadays. I think it's a good sign, right? Yeah, the space is maturing. Like, 
when we first started asking people that, we would get like paragraphs of wrong answers. <laughs> totally disregarded 10 words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was definitely not 10 words. All yeah. right, Crypto Dog. Thank you for stopping by. Shout out to the dog. For sure. We hope you guys Appreciate hear this. It. And do you have like a, do you guys bark or something? Like, right, no. <laughs> oh, no, there, there's no dog pound bark. We could, we could start that right here. I don't know. All right. Hey, oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. about the BMX. I'm sure he's not doing much nowadays. He could give you a sound bite. <laughs> yeah. He lost his trademark on the DMX bark. He could probably snag yeah. that one right up. Yeah. All right, man. Awesome, guys. It's great having you. Or great being on.